Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. On today's show, Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown joined myself and Simon in studio. We discussed Chelsea's January spending, which saw them sign eight players and asked whether or not having all these new signings was a good or a bad thing for Graham Potter. And following Saul Campbell's interview in The Guardian, where he voices frustrations regarding the abuse he still receives from Tottenham fans, Simon and Martin clashed on whether or not Saul was right to speak out. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday morning. Thank goodness. A big weekend ahead. Of course, it is. Big weekend for Everton. Big weekend for their opponents, Arsenal. A lot to get through this morning. Simon's with me. So too is Martin Keown. Chelsea host Fulham tonight following their record-breaking window with £323 million spent, including a British record deal for Argentinian World Cup player Enzo Fernandez. They got him out of Benfica. Only just, though. Only just. Eight signings this month already. So... What about Graham Potter? Where does he fit in all of this? The manager, the head coach, is having too many riches to choose from. Is it a good or a bad problem for him to face? There's going to be a few awkward questions. That's that's the reality of where, we're, where, where we are. A few awkward conversations because only 11 can play and only a certain amount can be in, in squads. So there's always going to be ones that will be disappointed. And it's about being as honest and open and respectful uh, uh, and transparent as you, as you as you can. Again, create an environment where you respect the fact that people want to play, the fact that you respect the fact that players want to compete and help the team. But they have to be patient and be, make sure they're ready to play and, and perform and help us win. So that was Graham Potter speaking about the arrival of uh, all those players. Now... What I can say this morning is this. There's been so much talk about Chelsea's strategy and Graham Potter's future that this show, White and Jordan, we're proud to say that we've managed to gather some more information than maybe others have done in all of those aspects this morning. So we'll pick over the bones, Simon, of one or two aspects of what we know. And Martin, you're welcome to come in with your opinion on this as well. So what do we know? We know that these are club signings. 
that were made in recent days, Simon. Uh, it's been stressed to me there's no such thing as a Todd Bowley signing. Graham Potter's team was actively involved in every one of these signings from start to finish. Good. I'm glad someone finally says this sort of stuff because anything else that's alleged about what managers do and don't get involved with is absolute boulder dash. Managers are involved in 90% of conversations about players, involved in 90% of decisions about players. There are exceptions and there are stupid exceptions. Well, but Danny Murphy said, and you were with me when he said it, that these can't all be Potter signings. Yeah, but Danny Murphy's never sat in a ballroom, never bought a player, and never understands the dynamic between a manager and an owner. So he can't speak to that. All he can do is speak to about which dubbing he put on his boots. The bottom line is, <laughs> is the reality of it is, is that Todd Bowley is not a stupid man. He, he may be breaking the mould, he may be testing the tried old methodologies of how you buy footballers and how much money you spend and what contracts you put them on, but there's no point in bringing a coach. And this term manager needs to be jettisoned. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. an age-old expression that is not reflective of where people yeah, are now. Yeah. They're football coaches that look after players. Right? And so with that in mind, it would be ridiculous to go and spend 600 million quid on players if you don't have or certainly £300 million in this transfer window, which Potter's been involved in, a somewhat significant involvement from the guy that's going to work with them. Exactly. And and on that, Simon, they stress, we're not really spending money here. It's my understanding they, mm. they feel they're not spending money. We're making investments. Investment, yeah. What's the difference? Well, it's well, it's semantic. Security it? for the player, well, it's stability a, for the club. It's right? only an investment if the player happens to be worth the money you've paid for him, right? So, with that in mind, it's a an investment that's structured upon a degree of uh, proper due diligence, proper investigation into the player, and an understanding of the football club that you're trying to build. With that in mind, the investment criteria, especially with footballers, is a little bit iffy. And Todd will turn it into a language as an investment because it's money, hundred million pounds on a property, hundred million pounds on a football. I know which investment I would probably say is more more bankable, but notwithstanding that, the business of sport. They're looking at players, they're capitalising them over long contract periods, they're thinking about what they're doing, and they're determining that their biggest asset, which also could be the biggest liability as well, is ultimately their biggest asset, which is the player. So, Martin, we know they've got a World Cup winner in Enzo Fernandes, and the deal was done minutes to go. The deal is this, £30 million up front with six further instalments. But they were sweating a bit, Martin, on the Fernandes deal, so much so that the contract came through with about seven minutes to go until the deadline the other night, and it was signed off with about a couple of minutes to go until the deadline. And it's our understanding that the Chelsea ownership were on FaceTime. At the end of the day, the player had to be taught how to use DocuSign because it didn't load first time on his phone. So it was a frantic, frantic end to, to the night. And Chelsea, that, uh, Chelsea were pushed to, to, to the limit, Jim. I, yeah. Look, I, Negotiations so I, weren't heated, incidentally, um, but they went down to the, the last moment with Rui Costa. On you go, Mark. It's interesting you get Simon's perspective in terms of, like, you know, we're going to pay all this money and we've seen Everton of course that's not always the answer to your to the, you know, the solution to the problem I'm looking at it I'm hearing the manager who is, by and large this is a manager who likes to be patient with his players he's yeah. at Brighton he works with them he nurtures them he's going to be looking and, and saying when he says they're awkward conversations I think it should be really be awkward in the dressing room but obviously clearly he's not comfortable with the situation he's going to be in it's going to be challenging trying to I mean they signed eight players I think only three of them can actually be registered to play in the Champions League gym so you're looking around how quickly this you're going to season. be able to this season. How are you going to be able to make those decisions in that breakneck speed time? So the manager's going to, have to be very quick in identifying all those players that he wants. He's eleven that he wants. I don't think I don't think it sits. Maybe it's why Tuchel you don't left. Think he already knows maybe that. maybe it's why Tuchel. Maybe it's just on it. 
Wait why Tuchel left, an outstanding manager who won a Champions League, who won the World Club tournament, came runner-up in the League Cup and the FA Cup and finished third. I don't think that's currently, the reason, I don't think that's the reason at all, Martin. Currently, they're 21 points behind the leaders. So is this club got better? Do you not think? Has it got better do you not think, since they changed the manager? I mean, what I'm just, he's been put maybe in a difficult situation, Simon. What you're assuming... As nice as it what, is to be in this situation. What you're assuming is that Graham Potter is so obtuse that he wouldn't be saying to the potential owner, or the actual owner of his football club, these players that you're buying, potentially these ones would go into my Champions League squad. I, I do think it's not beyond the gift of this guy to think laterally and go, I tell you what, we're bringing eight players in. Of the eight that we're bringing in, I can only pick three in the Champions League squad. So these ones are my priorities because we're playing Champions League football. Do you not think possibly no, that, I'm saying world, it's not, that I'm, conversation could have happened I'm talking about prior healthy. to purchases? I, yeah, I, that's one thing, but I'm talking about, is this healthy? Is well, why is it does, unhealthy? Is there, well, like, you want competition for, for uh, a realistic chance to be in the team, and you want healthy competition. Right. Mm. Do you want to try create the right type of environment? If there are ten well, players who've got no chance be, of actually there? being in the team, I think it's one of those. If you find yourself, you want to be in that team early. Now the decisions are being made. If you find yourself outside of it, you're going to have to be tough and strong. It's a silly argument, Mark. You'd be sat here on the other side of this conversation saying the healthiest teams have two players for every position. So now they've got two players of world-class level, maybe even three for position. You're now going to make the argument that that's not healthy. Not overnight. It feels like it's been thrown together. Until we see a plan emerge and a picture of it. I don't think it's thrown together, Let me take you back to last January. Well, let's see. Only time will tell. They're ten points outside the top four. Well, let me take you back to last January when you're sat in there tub-thumping about how quickly Newcastle have got to move to buy players. Make yes. your mind up. No, no, no. Which that one is a, it then? That was a very different situation. Why then? Were Chelsea really? Was it much wrong at Chelsea before this manager took over? Well, clearly. They, clearly? No, not really. Well, the club were, just, I just told the club you just, that. The club I told you what they achieved a, the year before. The club had just been bought out of an absolute chaotic situation, which you would say on a different argument, oh, what happens in a boardroom affects the players. Of course, when it doesn't, right? So they've come out of a chaotic situation with an ownership model. Is it not chaotic now with the number of players they've bought? Well, it depends on your view. This some is people, an incredible... Some people would say... This is an incredible what, amount what of money that they spent. I think it's very methodical, Martin. But that's I must their admit, money. I think it's, it's been money, very, very methodical. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Good morning, everybody. We're talking Chelsea. Chelsea uh, taking on Fulham tonight following their record-breaking window with £323 million spent, including that British record deal for Argentinian World Cup winner Enzo Fernandez. We've spoken about how that went down to the absolute wire. Two minutes to go. They, they were on FaceTime. Uh, the people at the top of the club, uh, they were trying to teach the player how to use DocuSign because it didn't load the first time in his phone. They got it done and the rest is history. Enzo is a Chelsea player. But we've been talking about strategy. And Simon, sources close to the ownership. We understand over half a billion was spent in two windows. Yeah. So was this always Chelsea's strategy? They tried to fill obvious holes in the first windows. Koulibaly yeah. for Rudiger. Fafana was the Christensen replacement. Sterling was brought in to fix the issue, as they thought, over goals. And then this time around, they feel we had to energise the club. I think there was a feeling that they had to complete a list of what they wanted to do. And that list has now been completed. The rebuild is now complete in the eyes of... Of the ownership. Do you think that's true? Well, uh, also, um, uh, it needs to be in the eyes of the manager that he's got the tools to be able to do the job they brought him in to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the level of spend. I don't like it any more than I like the observations that I've made about other football clubs, whether that's Manchester City or whether it will be Newcastle in the future. I don't change my view. I, I think it's a remarkable level of spend. I also think the argument that rages and will continue to rage, and I think it's a fair argument, is have 
Chelsea overpaid for players? Mm. Did they overpay for Cucurella? Did the ownership model that was keen to make an impression and put its foot down into the perspective of rebuilding Chelsea back to being an elite football club or continuing to maintain it as an elite football club has overpaid? I think they have. I think they've had their pants pulled down a few times. But who doesn't? Who doesn't walk into a new business and learn with their chin in their checkbook? You get yours pulled down. Well, absolutely. You like, you and that's quite a thought in itself. No, it's but not the it, nicest it, ones, is it? In a way, you did when you were at Passport. Of course you do. You, you find out later on that the things that you thought you knew in a deal were actually very different to what the deal actually was. But you learn those things and you learn on your own time in your own dime. What Chelsea cannot argue about is the unadulterated commitment of the ownership. Now, whether that has the same effect, and it does have the same effect, it'll have the effect that I don't like on football, which hyperinflation, it'll have the effect upon wages, it'll have all the negative effects that I don't like. So I don't give a Chelsea a pass on this. People are saying, well, if this was Middle Eastern money, you'd have something to say about it. I have something to say about it with Chelsea as well. Yeah. I don't like it. What about long contracts? I mean, Fernandes, eight and a half years. Apparently, their view is building stability... Is, is the most valuable yeah, aspect of that. But primarily Todd's version of that is getting players on contracts that can capitalise the value so they meet financial fair play obligations. That's why they're putting them on longer contracts. But it's a model that's used in the US. It's a model that's used in the US and ultimately what's a model that's used in the US that we don't want to see over here is no relegation. So there's lots of models in the US. They're not the blueprint for everything. Uh, we've got a thriving and surviving Premier League far before the American involvement in it. So I'm not suggesting that what they do in America is good or bad. I'm indifferent to what they do in America. Football's different. They have drafts, they have a different structure, they have a different dynamic in American football. We don't have that here and we certainly don't have that in the MLS. So with that in mind, I think they've overpaid. I admire their pluck. I don't like the ramifications it has for the rest of the football pyramid because it will have ramifications. But if you're going to turn the lights on, and in smaller terms, comparatively, I walked into Crystal Palace in my first season and spent 10 or 15 million quid on players, which would have been equivalent in this today's money to about 150 million in the championship. So I did something similar because you want to go. You want to give the manager the tools. You want to be able to say, right, I'm here now. We're building a football club. Here is this embarrassment of riches for you to go did and do work? your job. Um, no, it didn't because I made the wrong decisions and I bought the wrong players and I listened to the wrong people. Now... Todd Bowley's in a very different position to me. Todd Bowley's 20 years older than I was when I bought the football club. He's also far more financially astute than I am and far, far greater economics and bought a far money? better football club. Has he got more money than sense? Well, that's all relative, isn't Look, it? No one's going to say, say no. You could say, no one's going to say, say Musk no. buying Twitter for 44 billion. There's, no one has said no, was going to say no to all these signings. Every football club out there would want to do this and touch in this. But I, the wisdom of this... I'm troubled by it. Eight years, so you're the new. So they're saying it seems to me they're presenting now the idea that the manager's been a but part. What's of this. that got to do with you? Well, I, I don't just understand. A minute. I'm the just giving of someone's economic decisions. I'm giving of you. You giving yours. I'm giving mine. Okay. Okay. So you, we're looking here and we're saying, okay, the manager now is suddenly. Oh, don't forget, he's been a part of all these decisions. Okay, right? It's like they're putting it out there to say, well, when we get rid of him, he was a part of all these new players that came in. So it's like they're waving a flag at that. So make to you know, so he's complicit with this. Okay. We're going to make ultimately he's to blame if it goes wrong. They're passing the blame a little bit here, I feel, potentially, in the future. What a silly eight observation. Year con- Eight-year contracts? What a why, silly observation. How do you get rid of the, any of these players? Why, if they, why, if they don't fit why in, why if they would don't... You, why would you got an eight-year contract. Why would you start from the cynical the, perspective of saying that because someone's included in the conversation, that's blame attribution? Sean, if, I, I, if I can just jump in here, Simon, they have stressed, the ownership stressed, that Potter so, is a man for the long term, Martin. And the Champions League qualification... It seems that you're kissing like, the backside of Chelsea finish, Football Club here. Let me finish. The Champions League qualification or otherwise doesn't impact his future this season. So it doesn't affect... It doesn't, affect. doesn't so, impact his future. Well, we'll let's wait and see then. 
So you're telling me if they don't make it to the Champions League, you're telling me if they go out the cu- all the that's cup. That's the feeling within the club. Well, let's wait and see, Jim, because I can tell you now that it's going to be a huge pressure that's coming on the manager oh when you spend this quite a money. Oh dear. Yeah, but who's bothered? I'm just explaining well, manage, that manager, I don't. Be- but critical thinking is the most important. This thing. might all work out brilliantly. But, but the critical- and eventually, if you spend enough money, it turns around. You but come Mark, what's the difference? Sean Dyche is too who's much all at once. Brought in or Graham Potter, who now has a plethora of choice. They can't spend any money at Everton because they spent so much in the past. Well, interestingly on that, do, do Chelsea need to look at aspects of satisfying financial fair play? It's my understanding, Sam, in the ownership there is confident that they have lots of ways to solve whatever challenges come their way. Well, th- let's be clear. They will know what they're doing economically. Now, whether they're buying the right players and whether eight years puts a situation where a player gets into comfort zones or whether it manages elite players, if they recruit properly... And Martin will pontificate, and so would I, and be right to do so, if they've recruited properly. But if you've got a player on an eight-year contract, and four years into his contract, Real Madrid come knocking on your door, guess who's in charge of that particular conversation? The club that holds the player's registration. Of course, the flip side of the argument is, if they don't recruit properly, and they get a stinker in there, they've got an alternative problem. But given the amount of money they've got, they'll be able to take those situations and potentially trade players out, take losses on them, take views on them, move people along. I don't think they're here to play. I think they're here to stay. And that means you need a proper grown-up in the dugout that understands the ramifications of working for big boys in big boys football now. And this is all about money, £500 million on transfers, managers on 10 or £15 million a year. In any other walk of life, anybody that's paid £15 million a year or £10 million as a manager is the full McCoy. And Martin, what I would stress, and no one's being a mouthpiece for Chelsea here, you're wrong in that. But we have a bunch of... It seemed like you were, but anyway, that's okay. Just my view. Just my view. Just my view. We have a bunch of information that we're putting out there because because we know we're on factual, secure ground to put it out there. They're club signings, Martin. It's been stressed to us. These are not Todd Bowley signings. Potter's team was actively involved in every one. There's nothing more to be said after no. that. There it is. It's in tablets of stone. Yep. And then we go forward to find out what the actual upshot is. Yeah, but let's no see. Should, let's no let's wish them, doubt, let's no wish them well. People, though. It's certainly going to be exciting times for Chelsea. But it's about managing the situation he'd be easy in. And Sean Dyche, yes, would dearly love to have that same but issue But can I put, now, it to, can I put this to you, Martin? That's why Potter's got the big job. That's why he's paid the big bucks to cope with this situation, which many managers around the world would welcome with open arms. Yeah, but did you, when you look at it in the cold light of day, take a step back and look at Chelsea football clubs a year ago. Do you think they really needed this amount of investment? Do you think they really needed to change the manager? Yes. Do you think they needed to? Yes. What, just after winning the Champions League? But, but, after winning the, but, the World based, Club but, tournament? Based upon my understanding of the way Thomas How Tuch- far away were would, they? Would, do you want me to answer the question? Based upon my understanding of how Thomas Tuchel conducts himself... Yes, I do think they Again, need to change the Again, that's hearsay, and that's your opinion. No, it's not no, hearsay. No, tragically, it's not, no, 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 it's, it's not opinion. hearsay, no, tragically, well, maybe not. he should come on and defend himself then, because well, you're putting him away. To, isn't he? Oh, he's welcome to do whatever he wants. I think he's a successful manager. Deserves to defend, yeah, defend One thing that we do know, Simon, is that the people at the top at Chelsea should not be underestimated, because the phrase I've been hearing is, these guys are not here to screw around. You don't make investment and commitment to Chelsea to mess about. Yeah, and where I think Martin is right is that's all well and good, that's not a recipe necessarily for guaranteed success. You don't know this landscape. You don't know this space. You don't know this industry in this country. There's something unique about English football. And you are just as susceptible, as proven by Martin's observation about Fahid Mashiri, that you can spend as much money as you want. If you spend it badly, 
There's going to be consequences for everyone. Look at the state of Everton. So Martin's point is well made, but the critical thinking evaluates. I don't like the way he prices in people's perspective. No one wants to hang a manager out to dry. They brought Potter in against a backdrop of everybody going, what? They want him to be successful. They want to give him the tools to it. So it shouldn't be priced in that they're hanging him out to dry by the nature of saying he's involved in his decisions. So he should be. If he's not, then that's something different. And if he is, where's the problem? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One hundred percent engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. I don't know if this will become banter, but Saul Campbell doesn't think it's banter. In fact, he wants uh, an end put to the whole thing. Martin, a few days ago. Um, and this created a storm in this very studio and amongst uh, the many listeners who wanted to come to air with Simon and myself. We were talking about Saul Campbell's uh, interview in The Guardian a few days ago and basically it came down to this, Martin, and you were in the thick of it when Saul was experiencing this. So he goes from Tottenham to Arsenal and all hell breaks loose back in 2001. So Saul opens up all these years on to an interviewer in The Guardian just the other day. And his vocabulary was extremely strong in it. He says, it's almost as though people have forgotten how to be human. This is about, Martin, the ongoing abuse that he still takes from uh, the crowd, the Tottenham crowd, from people in general. He says, they wish and hope that someone is going to die. Of course, he's referring to himself. And he says, and you're going to be having a party because of that? What world are we living in? I know football has its tribalism, but if no one around feels that this is unacceptable, well, we're in a really sorry place. It's as though I've become a caricature, that I'm not a human being anymore. It's like some folklore song, people are around the campfire passing on the stories from old to young. Let's talk about this. Let's sing about this. So obviously this has got to Saul, this ongoing abuse that he takes from football fans... And people in the street, presumably. He says, we're talking about nearly a quarter of a century since the transfer. What are we going as human beings if someone cannot move <coughs> on? He says, it's been such a long time. Martin, you know Saul Campbell, mm. of course you do. You were around 
when Saul pulled on the Arsenal jersey and you witnessed for yourself the uproar that caused in certain quarters, are you amazed the vitriol still goes on? No, because I understand what football fans are all about. You know, Saul is, I think, trying to draw, draw a, line, a line under it. I think where sat at home was getting particularly angry was listening to Simon's reaction, trying to tell Sol Campbell how he's supposed to respond to it when it's not in his gift to suggest how other people should react to that. We're all very different, Jim. We're all very different. And I think Sol is... Look, he had a tremendous love for Spurs Football Club. He, you can say that he left the football club uh, maybe not in the best of ways. He went on and was successful with their nearest rivals. There was a caller that came in and uh, very skillfully sort of put to one side uh, about the songs that are sung and they just sing along with them. I don't think that's quite right, why people do that. Uh, I'd like to be, see that be policed and people not get involved. But you know what football fans are. And the one gave a, an analogy of if your best friend went off with your wife, this is no different. I think it's very different, actually. I don't think Sol Campbell has gone off with anybody's wife, not to my knowledge. So, you know, the, the comparison isn't there. So I, I think it's like, I think the Spurs fans would be nice I don't expect it, not now, of course, not ever, but it'd be nice if he could walk down the street in North London on both sides of that red and white would be respectful of him, but it's not going to happen. But for people on the outside of it to explain, I mean, I saw the, the hatred that day when we played at Spurs Wired Lane. It was almost the, to be honest, it was the making of Sol Campbell as a player at Arsenal because to see the way that he played that day and, um, and the honestly, looking into the crowd, Jim, you could not believe it. And Seoul was under huge pressure. We nearly won that game, actually. We, uh, we conceded very late in the match, but it was a, a fantastic performance. And it was the start. It was the beginning of something very successful for Seoul. We'll, we'll hear from the man himself in a minute. The man sitting to my right. But what annoyed you about the way Simon looked at it? Well, I know that Simon was trying to compare it. So in terms of he was getting abuse himself in, in the director's box. But I think if you're out on the pitch and you're directed, you're in the street, uh, you can be exposed. There's no doubt. And if um, I've had it with West Ham fans... I won't repeat how it was, T-shirts sold to all their fans, uh, singing obscenities in my direction. It fires you up. And if I was walking down the street and 25 years later, it was still coming my way, I'd be disappointed and uh, appalled, really. And I think that's what we're talking about with Sol Campbell here. Do you still get abuse at Tom Martin? Occasionally. From, occasionally I get how do you people, handle it? Um, yeah, I just tried to... I mean, if someone was bouncing around me, I told you this before, yeah, 18 months ago, someone's bouncing around trying to throw punches, you know. It, it's a Manchester United fan who, was, who couldn't get over something that happened many, many years ago. So it's, it's quite astonishing, and they feel that they've got their moment and they want to then take you on. So but people don't let go of it. But, I mean, for me, it was a sport, and we had mm. respect for our, our competitors, and uh, sometimes the fans need to make that separation. Just before I go to Simon, do you think Saul was ill-advised doing this interview? I'm not going to tell him how he should behave. I'm not the one on the end of that abuse, and I, and that's the point. So if he feels he needs to, to get out. saying about you summing up with the situation. Well, I think it is my gift to talk about fortitude. Remind us I, what you think of the way I, Saul's I handling think that, this. I think that um, ultimately, total strangers calling you names is a is a byproduct of an industry that survives on emotivity, um, benefits players by the uh, the amount of sentiment that gets deployed. Do I think it's great? Do I think it's plaudible? Do I think it's laudable that? Tottenham fans are singing 25 years after the event. No, I don't. I think it's childish rubbish. Um, do I think that Sol has to accept that perhaps, due to his own decisions and actions, perhaps Tottenham Hotspur is not a place he can go and watch football and accept that in a, in, in a world that's you know inherently unfair? I think it is absolutely my gift. I agree to, with that. To talk, he, I haven't not, finished it, not to go to White Hart Lane. Absolutely um, fine. It's absolutely my gift to talk about fortitude and resilience and how you overcome things because I believe that you don't let others affect you. And the analogy of comparing my experiences was to Sol. I wasn't telling Sol what he should and shouldn't do. He can do what he wants. If he thinks it's productive, 
to do an interview with The Guardian to talk about things and to draw attention upon it and to give these people that aren't likely to stop, they aren't going to read that article and say, oh, we didn't know how we are affecting Seoul. If they do read that article, they're going to suggest that actually their outcome has been achieved and they're going to probably carry on doing it. This was a guy, Sol Campbell, that wanted to be the mayor of London. If you think the bare pit of football is going to be one challenge, then being in politics is a completely different one. You have to develop resilience and fortitude. Now, if Sol doesn't want to, it's Sol's gift to look at what I say, disregard it and say, you don't know my circumstances. It's not anyone else's gift to tell me what my gift is to, to opine upon someone else's circumstances. I can say, I think you've got to be more resilient. I don't underestimate the challenges. I don't underestimate the emotional conflict that you may feel that these total strangers, these total strangers that form part of a unique industry that made all you guys multimillionaires have uh, uh, an exceptional circumstance where a few of them behave in a certain way. Made, so all, you that, guys, well, made yeah, all you guys millionaires. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It's at the back without of everything. Fact, money the, is at the end of everything for you, is it? I mean, I, well, no, it's, Martin, no, it's not. It's part of the equation because you guys made it all about money. Yeah, but so I'm, not guys looking, like me, I'm not looking comment at Sol on that. and thinking, well, you know, he's made millions of pounds so he doesn't have my... But you're missing my point. No. You, take the, you, take one, well, you take one part of the or point and you ignore yeah. the rest because it doesn't suit your argument. No, I, I just feel that we just need to be careful. People, can't they grieve when people pass away, people have major things in their life. Martin, they all, they all deal with things in different ways. Someone's calling him names. If he wants you to come out... You would recognise fortitude. No, you're a man I would, of it. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't come out. It's a bit compl- more than that, Sam. I wouldn't, I wouldn't publicly come out and complain about the gift? West Ham fans because it just gives them fuel to their fire. Yes. That was my point. Yes, but I don't know if it was. It was the, well, it was the, well, manner, it was. It was the manner in which you said it, but it just, and it just tickled oh. me a little bit. So, but, it did you know, you. I just sincerely hope that Sol gets over this. I mean, at the I, end of the day, he, was, he went on to be... It was the right decision. He made the right Sol call. Campbell. You, ju- you just told us, Martin, that you occasionally get a bit of abuse in the street. I get abuse in the street. Walking so through Waterloo Station, I'm called a Scottish this and that. And that's I by, smile and, and go on with it. And, and that's from Simon. <laughs> but basically, what we're talking about here is someone who all these years on is getting 100,000 times what I, you or Simon ever sure. gets in the street. And he would like it to stop. That timing is not unreasonable for Saul to ask. And remember, we're talking about morons who are bringing this up on a regular basis about Saul. These aren't people who are fair-minded. Of course they're not. But they need to stop, but they probably won't stop. The thing is, how does Saul find a place of a bit more comfort in his own mind so they can relax a bit well, we, more we, about it. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't. He hasn't ignored it. It's affecting him, but yeah. we, and we don't want him to do that. But you know, he, he wanted to express that, and that's his wish to do so. But the one thing you control can control is your own mind. That's he right. Can, he can control his own reaction to this. And is it advisable? Which was my central point, which you seem to have missed. That he gives them more fodder. He gives them the effect. You should never let people know they affect you. You subscribe to that view. If you show but somebody why does inherent weakness... More why do the people think that way? Why is it okay for, we live in a for five of those people that phoned in to say, yeah, I sing along with that? It's just, you know, no, it's, I thought they were silly to do it. Why, why do they do that? Well. Where are the people that say, no, I'm not going to Why do you it? think they do it, Martin? Is it part of the culture of going to a football, you know, part of the crowd, part of the, Might be part of the group? Probably, but it shouldn't be, should it? In an ideal world, it shouldn't be. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, maybe Sol just have to. I know the time starts, but I don't think we can tell Sol Campbell how he should behave, and he's not. You know, we're not. With, telling, with respect, we're, we're, Simon, you're not the one on the end of it. We're so. not telling him how to behave. We're suggesting what the best antidote to this problem is, and that comes with fortitude, resilience, and probably not giving these people the oxygen that they breathe. They now know how upset he is. How wonderful for them! That's what they wanted to achieve. Why would you want them to feel that they've won the battle? That's a Sol fair Campbell point, is a, he's achieved more in his life Correct. than 95% of these people that are singing these ridiculous songs. I think it was he okay for him to, to deal he, with when he was playing. Wasn't he, he also he could has, use that as fuel whenever he but played. But Martin, it, but, don't yeah. go to Tottenham then. 
It's not happening if you went to watch Man City. Well, I wouldn't be. I don't. It's not safe to go there for me. So I can't believe. So you make an educated decision. What I would say, Simon, is it's more than name calling. When you look at it, Saul's saying. You know, wishing and hoping that someone's going to die. Yeah, but they're, they're strangers. Yeah. These are strangers. These are not yeah. valuable people in your life. By the way, we have, to say, carpet, we have to say, I know lots of Tottenham fans, by the way, that are not, like, made of this sort of ilk. And that's right. Okay? And that's important to say That's a good point, there. Martin. And, but, you know, listen, the ones who are... Can you just stop it? Yeah? No. Okay, carry on then. If it makes you feel good, just do it. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.